Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Knowing God with Heart and Mind. I'm Pastor Dan, and I'll be leading you once again through this week's virtual Bible study. Keep in mind that our fundamental goal here is knowing God. We believe that the Bible is God's way of revealing God's mind to us. That's a word that uh, is translated from uh, uh, the word logos. We hear the word logos. We're hearing an expression of the word with a capital W, meaning the mind of God, the, the personality of God. It it means so much more than just uh, printed letters on a page. It's really God revealing God's self to us in the same way that you might write a blog post or a Facebook post, or you might write a long letter to a loved one to try to explain yourself to them and help you help them to know you better through the word that you write on the page. It, it's meant to be more than just what you see. It's also meant to be an expression of who you are and uh, what matters most to you. And so we read the word of God with our mind and our heart wide open and ready so that we might know God with heart and mind. Now, each week we'll use the scripture readings that come from the Revised Common Lectionary for the upcoming Sunday as a, uh, as a method of choosing our passages for study. And that's simply because I'm a working pastor and I'm using the same resources to plan for worship services at the church that I serve in the United Methodist tradition. Now, as we read these together, let us see how God is revealed so that we can truly know God with heart and mind. Well, it's springtime in uh, this part of the country, and uh, it's spring break time here at Parsons Prairie. Uh, a lot of the church folks are off on vacations with their kids trying to shed the winter blues, but uh, around here it's not so bad. It's a bright sunny day at Parsons Prairie. The sun is, is high overhead, and uh, uh, the nighttime low temperatures today were pretty cold, but that was uh, preceded by some classic severe thunderstorms that you would expect uh, further south in the springtime. So uh, we just have a little bit of everything these days here in the Midwest, and uh, we've learned to live with that and just uh, be grateful for our safety. And uh, we give thanks to God for uh, a warm, dry home, roof over our heads, food on our tables. You know, I want to urge you to be thankful and count your blessings in so many ways uh, that perhaps go by uh unaccounted for you know we we sometimes get stuck thinking too much about what we wish God would do and when we wish God would do it and how we wish God would do it let's stop and think about how really blessed we are every day for the simple things that God gives us the return of loved ones after a journey the uh, paycheck the hard work that we're able to do to earn our wage to provide for the family that we love, the food on our table that is readily available in so many places that you can pick and choose which you prefer. In so many ways, we are wealthy, and we should be thankful to God. Now, I usually try to make a few announcements and tell a Parsons Prairie story at this time, and uh, I think I'd like to just talk a little bit today about this podcast. Um, 
this is a, a, a new project for me. I've never done something quite like this. Uh, I've had my recordings of my sermon messages from Sunday podcasted, I guess you could say, even radio broadcast in one community. And uh, it's not that big a deal. You just get up and give your sermon and then uh, do a little fancy editing with uh, with an open source freebie software like Audacity. And then uh, you take it to the radio station or you upload it to the web page. And really, it's it's just that simple. But this this is something new for me. I'm trying to present you with a virtual Bible study where there's only one person talking, where I don't have people to interact with, where I'm trying to imagine the things you might ask me and the things you might find most interesting. I'm banking on the fact that I have taught so many Bible studies over the years that I sort of have fuel for my imagination, but it's still a work in progress. So if you hear little audio issues or you question my use of bumper music and stinger songs and sound effects and things, it's really just that I'm trying to create something that's easy to listen to. I don't have a recording studio with uh, soundproof walls and so forth. So rather than have you pick up all the ambient noise that goes with making such a recording in my house... Uh, I play some nature sounds in the background, and I've carefully selected them to sound like what you would hear when my window is open. And when my window is open here at Parsons Prairie, you will hear all manner of birds singing. You will hear my chickens clucking and Bill the rooster crowing, and you'll hear uh, Earl the dog uh, barking or or rolling in the carpet or something. You'll hear... Uh, the trains in the distant uh, railroad tracks that are about the mile and a half from my house. And so these are all the kind of things you hear at Parsons Prairie. And I just figured if I could reproduce those and uh, make up for some of the uh, the uh, less professional elements of this podcast, that it might be more enjoyable for you. But uh, nonetheless, that's that's just a little comment for you to say thanks for listening and uh, appreciate your uh, listening. Um, I'm honored that you take this as something that you can digest and use in your life. Uh, feel free to make comments on the podcast's uh, comment section that appears below the link. And uh, feel free to uh, write me a message if you want to, to tell me how this is uh, working for you. And uh, of course, you can help support the podcast first by attending your local church and generously supporting the ministry there as an act of worship. And if you happen to be in the vicinity of Parsons Prairie, then you know where I am and uh, which church I serve. And I'd be glad to have you there, too. In any case, let me hear from you. And uh, we'll just keep making this better and better uh, with God's help every time. Well, it's hard to believe that we're already into April. This week's uh, lectionary readings are for April the 2nd, 2017. And uh, we're going to read Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. We're going to read Psalm 130, 
Romans 8, 6-11, and John 11, 1-45. Let's begin with the Old Testament reading from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1-14. to The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, but our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Now, Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Let us pray. Lord, we have come a long way on this journey. For so many of us, we know where the scriptural road will take us. 
and we will walk triumphantly into Jerusalem, eat a supper meal with Jesus, and watch as he is taken from the garden and brought before the authorities. We will weep at the foot of the cross as he speaks words of love and forgiveness, and we will wail at the tomb. We do not like this part of the journey and would just as soon skip it, but here we have the story of Jesus and his friend Lazarus, who had died. We have his sisters, Mary and Martha, and we have confidence that Jesus could have healed Lazarus, but they they didn't get to see him heal Lazarus. In fact, they saw him die. Oh Lord, we want to have confidence in your restorative power through Jesus in our own lives. And we don't want to wait until it seems too late. We don't want to face our fears. We don't want to face our death. But in the story of Lazarus that we're going to hear in a little bit, Lord, you remind us that even death does not separate us from the love of God. Just as we've already heard, our bones could be dry and separated each from the other. And when God gives the word, we will be raised from the dead. And so, God, we trust you, even when we really can't understand you. And we thank you for a word that reveals your true heart to us. Amen. Well, this is the part of my virtual Bible study that I like to call pastoral pontification. Uh, it's just a chance for me to spout off a little bit about what I think's going on in these scripture passages, and uh, that's sort of what pontification is. But uh, it also stems from the fact that I'm keenly aware that you're not here to disagree with me or interrupt me with a good question, so... I'll pontificate to the best of my ability, and hopefully you will pick up something of value. Feel free, like I said earlier, to shoot me an email or something if you'd like to question something or ask about anything. I'll do my best to answer it. Just keep it nice. We are all brothers and sisters in the Lord here. Now, this reading from Ezekiel is one that may be familiar to a lot of church folk, and uh, it's something... Uh, uh, really remarkable to see. I mean, we're reading something in the Bible that I believe really happened and that Ezekiel really witnessed, and yet it also sounds just like something we've seen in in uh, uh, old movies and not so old movies. I can remember scenes from one of my favorite movies when I was a little kid. Uh, when I was a little boy, I used to love watching uh, the Jason and the Argonauts, and there was this uh, one scene where Jason and the Argonauts are battling skeletons that had somehow resurrected to fight them off, and it was uh, uh, the great animator Ray Harryhausen who had created that scene, and there was something about it that was so surreal and scary, and and then of course move ahead to movies uh, of a not so old and 
and of using a different kind of technology. You can watch, you know, mummies restored to full flesh as they absorb the life energy of their hapless victims. And uh, so we can picture this pretty clearly in our modern society because movie makers have used technology to give us an image of such a scene. And yet the reality is, is if we were to witness it firsthand, if we were to visit an ancient battlefield like Gettysburg or, or uh, one of those uh, uh, war cemeteries or something that uh, exists all over our country and all over the world, and one particular occasion the bodies and the bones emerged from the ground and then began to take on flesh and then to stand there as God brought breath to them from all the four corners, uh, I think it would be pretty darn terrifying. But the point of the story, among other things, is a, a reality that God, who created everything that is with the mere word of God's mouth, can certainly, with God's word, have all that are dead, in whatever state their remains might be, restored to flesh and restored to life. And that should give you great hope when you anticipate the time of Christ's return, when we are told all the dead shall be raised. It's already been done. It was done in the form of reanimating the dead that we saw in Ezekiel's vision in the reanimating of the dead man, Lazarus, in the gospel reading we're going to visit in a minute. But it has been done in the form of resurrection through Jesus Christ our Lord. And resurrection isn't the same thing as reanimating. The fact is, is the dead bodies that were reanimated from the once forgotten battlefield in Ezekiel's vision, Lazarus, who was reanimated for uh, a few more years before he died to be completely gone for the rest of time as we understand it, uh, he was still the same guy, just brought back to life. Jesus, on the other hand, is the firstborn of the resurrected dead. He's the one whose body is no longer the same as it was in death and reanimated. It is the resurrection body. It is a body that has qualities that we don't fully understand, but they are hinted at and revealed in different scenes after the resurrection readings uh, that we look at in scripture. And so when we talk of death, we need to understand that we are talking about the death of our body and the separation of our soul from our body. And uh, most of the experts that I read would say to you that uh, for the time of our uh, separation from the body, our spirits will dwell in, in a place that Jesus called paradise when he was talking to the thief on the cross, the day of the crucifixion. And uh, we know from other images in Scripture that this isn't necessarily a, uh, a place where we are in bodily form uh, in the way that we see ourselves now, but it is a place where we know who we are and we know who other people are and we are experiencing the presence of God that is assuming that we die in God's grace 
We also know from stories that Jesus has told that if we're dying outside of God's grace, we may be able to sense what's going on around us and know people and know circumstances and perhaps even be able to see uh, over the abyss to the place where the, the people who have died in God's grace dwell. This is like that story Jesus tells of Lazarus and the rich man, poor Lazarus, the poor crippled and uh, weak man. This is not the same Lazarus that Jesus resurrected, who was his friend. And uh, so, you know, we get pictures of what death will be like for us, and we understand then that we will leave these bodies behind, and they will rot in the ground or wherever they are disposed of. And yet, whatever condition they're in on the day of Christ's return, on the day of the resurrection, our bodies will be reanimated and our spirits will reunite with them and we will be in the flesh. As Job says, in my flesh I will see my Redeemer. And because my Redeemer lives, I will live. And so this is the promise of the dry bones in a sense that all of us can take from it. But it's also a story that is meant to illustrate to the people of Israel to whom Ezekiel prophesied that their days of glory have not ended, that God has allowed them for a season to go into exile, to be beaten down because of their sin, but they're not gone yet. And that as surely as God can restore the dead to life, God can restore Israel to her full relationship with God. And uh, it's a reminder to us that sin separates us from God and our sin makes us virtually dead. And yet through Christ, God can restore our lives. And this is what Jesus means when he says to Nicodemus uh, one day in their private conversation, look, if you uh, really want to, to enter into the fullness of the kingdom, you have to be born again. And uh, it means that we are already physically alive, but now we have to die to the physical self and re, uh, to be resurrected again in the spiritual sense, born of the spirit and therefore of a new kind of mind and body in the soul that is. And so this is a great story that alludes to what's coming in the couple of weeks ahead where we remember Jesus's passion and, uh, Jesus's death and resurrection and it should be very comforting to us uh, keep in mind that that is sort of the same direction that Psalm 130 took us it is a reminder that while we are in the depths we are still heard and known by God and that God has plans for us and that God is intending to forgive us and God is a uh, is ready to come and retrieve us. And so like the psalmist, we anticipate Christ's return. We wait with with uh, the kind of anticipation as a watchman uh, waits for his master. And we look forward to this day when we will be restored in, to the fullness of God's intention for us. And not only that, but to be reunited with our Lord and all of those who have died before us. It's a wonderful promise. It's so exciting. And we praise God every day for it.
Now we take a look at the New Testament readings from the Revised Common Lectionary. Our next reading is the epistle, the letter to Rome from the Apostle Paul. This is a letter written to the Jews, uh, the Christian converts in Rome, uh, and it is uh, really a remarkable letter. And so let's hear from Romans chapter 8, verses 6 to 11, and then we'll read John chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. Now Romans 8, starting at verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because his Spirit who lives in you, because of his Spirit who lives in you. Now, John chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. So it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, A short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, 
She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives may, uh, by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was the cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you, for you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this to benefit those people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. May God add blessing to the hearing of his incredible word. Amen. Well, sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot of pastoral pontification to figure out what's going on. Uh, wow. Isn't that story incredible? Just hearing it read and, and thinking about that scene. And, uh, well, I have to admit, there's a lot more going on in this story that I can probably do justice to. Uh, suffice it to say, the main event is the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead. 
And this is no doubt the kind of thing that the Apostle Paul had in mind when he wrote the words from Romans that we read. When he says to the people that uh, they aren't people of the flesh anymore, that there's more to them than just the flesh. This is that new birth that I was talking about earlier that Jesus mentioned to Nicodemus, that the flesh may die and yet the spirit lives because Christ is the resurrection and Christ is in us. When we accept the gift of God's grace through Christ Jesus, when we say, Lord, we repent of our sin, we know that we have deliberately avoided a relationship with you because we don't always want to do what you want us to do. We like having control over our lives. We like being the last word in our world to, in effect, our own God. And now we admit it, and we are sorry, Lord. And then we say with love and incredible thanksgiving, thank you, Jesus, for saving me from my sin, from myself. Thank you for giving me eternal life that goes way beyond the time of my body. Thank you for being the resurrection and life that assures me that there's so much more to come even than heaven. And thank you for giving me a hope and a power through the Holy Spirit that makes it possible for me to live like I know that's true in this life. And so now we look at a couple of people and uh, see their different experiences with Jesus in this instance. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of remarkable because uh, I was really noticing as I was reading the passage again how Jesus deliberately stayed. He, he, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and yet he decided to stay a little longer. He probably didn't get any argument from the boys because they were the ones who told him, hey, you go back to Bethany, somebody's going to stone you. But that wasn't what Jesus was thinking about at all. At least we don't get that impression from the scripture. Nevertheless, when he does decide to go to Bethany, when he gets there, he knows that Lazarus is already dead. He waits outside of town, which is kind of interesting because perhaps this is another indication of the potential for for uh, chaos i don't know but in any case uh when martha comes running out to jesus she comes with such faith she comes with such confidence in him and and it, it's such a beautiful picture and it makes sense at that moment that the story is going the way it is that Jesus is saying, I'm going to wait a little while. Lazarus is going to die, but it's okay. Cause I'm going to show you God's glory in a bigger way than you've seen yet. And Martha comes out and she talks as though that's exactly what she expects too. And it's just, it's just incredible. Her beautiful faith. She's, she's mourning and weeping the death of her brother, but at the same time, confident that even in death, Jesus isn't done. And that, that, Jesus is the Messiah. It's just, it's mind boggling how someone could have such a beautiful faith as Martha. Now, Mary's not someone whose faith is weak or anything else. She's just someone that perhaps is given to us as an example of the way things are for most people. Most of us are going to be like Mary. Most of us are going to say, you know, I know that God can do anything and that Jesus is the son of God and and I, I want to believe that he has power over everything, but 
you know, death is absolute. Friends, I don't want to gross you out or anything, but once you've had enough experience with real death, with real human death, you begin to understand the finality of the thing. You begin to understand that those dry bones in the battlefield, they are never coming back. That they aren't even recognizable as the people they once were. When you've had enough experience with real death and you've seen it up close and personal, you know that when that life is gone from that body, there's no mistaking it. It is horrible and absolute. And when you watch the casket close and you see it lowered into the ground or taken away to the crematorium, you know that you're not going to see that person again in this life. And it is devastating. And it has such a terrible sense of permanence to it. We have to reconcile with that in order to reconcile with the power of Christ's resurrection, the power he has to reverse that process. You have to be willing to see that he could speak to Lazarus's dead body and he would witness Lazarus answering his call to come out. And that the people there, I couldn't even imagine how they must have felt. I, I get cold shivers just thinking about it. And so when I realized that Jesus, by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit, by his own nature, rose from the grave after being dead having his life's blood drained from his body, having the soul leave that body in the tomb and on the cross, really, and then to lay in the tomb and to, and to journey where that soul did as he won our redemption. And then for him to not just come back into that body, but to resurrect that body, to be the firstborn of the resurrected dead, and for him to say, this is what waits for all of you who trust in me. Let that sink in for a minute. Let that sink in. That's what Easter's about. That's what this Passion and Holy Week and Resurrection Sunday, that, that's what all of this is about. This is, this is about a death that is final and permanent that we all deserve. A death that not only includes our flesh, but our spirit. And yet we are spared from both because of Christ. And not because we deserve it, but because God loves us that much. And God wants us in fellowship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that bad. Let that sink in. If, you, if you're starting to really feel this pulling on your life, you're beginning to realize some things haven't been altogether right with you and God, pray now. Pray and believe. Repent and 
trust that God has justified you through Christ Jesus. And now you have eternal life and it begins right now. And that means you start living it right now. It's not something that kicks in after you die. It's something you do right now because you've been born again. And your life is starting over in so many ways when the Spirit of God breathes the second birth into you as though you were just a body standing there waiting for the breath of God to come from the four corners to really awaken you in your soul. Think about these things. Pray. Talk it over with a friend, a loved one, with your pastor. Go to church. Worship God. Make church more important than it has been in the last months or years of your life. Go be with God in the presence of God's people. I pray that you are blessed. I hope this virtual Bible study today has been a blessing to you. Uh, My prayer is that God has given you a greater insight and the Spirit has enlivened your journey through this. Knowing God with heart and mind is a a special gift that I give uh, because God has put it in my heart to do this. I, I don't look for anything to come of it other than that you might have this gift at your doorstep like the UPS man left it there for you or something. And and it's a gift that when you open it, it, it changes your day, maybe even your whole life. And I just want you to understand that that it's my pleasure to give it to you, but it doesn't happen without support for the local church that pays the bills and pays me to serve her. Corinth United Methodist Church is my current assignment, and it is the place where uh, this ministry emerges from. And so if you want to support this podcast, then send a donation to Corinth United Methodist Church. And if you live in the vicinity of Parsons Prairie, and I'll give you a hint, it's not far from Muncie, Indiana, uh, you can find Corinth Church in the, uh, on the internet, and you can visit it there at CorinthUMC.com, and then you can come by and worship with us. Corinth is a warm place, and you can join Christian friends there and other seekers and sojourners. And, and you know, it's a place where friends become family, and the family becomes the body of Christ. We'd love to have you join us in worship there, and uh, we'd also encourage you to If not worship at Corinth, then find a church somewhere. Be a part of something that is bigger than yourself. And uh, don't judge it by the spirit of the people as much as the spirit of God. If you go to a church where you feel the spirit of God is, then be there and trust that God has you there for a reason. But if you would like to help with this podcast, just go to CorinthUMC.com and click the PayPal link or the Donate Now link and you can... uh, you can send a little something in the act of worship called tithing and, and uh, offering to uh, CorinthUMC.com uh, on the PayPal link. Uh, also, just uh, be sure and check out that sermon podcast that's also available at Media, 
and the sermons link at CorinthUMC.com. For now, God bless you and go in peace to love and serve the Lord.